Do you want to host this one? You're in charge. You're the MC. Sure. Good, because if I did it, it's just going to get dark and sad. Got to keep it upbeat and happy. Yeah, that's that's your territory. Okay. All right, take it away. Should I do like a classic? I didn't see oh you man, there. I have I haven't we, heard the classic yeah, in a long time. I think people time. miss it. Okay, it's not going to be as classic because I'm probably going to leave it in this little preamp. <laughs> That's fine. <laughs> <laughs> Go for it. Hello there. Welcome to another episode of I Love This, You Should Too, a podcast with me, Samantha Randawa, and him, Indy Randawa. Hi, Indy. Hello. And we here at the at the I Love This, You Should Too. Yeah. <laughs> or the now. Mm-hmm. And we here at I Love This, You Should Too are, are members of the Alberta Podcast Network, which is locally grown and community supported. How are you, Indy? I'm excited to sit here and talk and celebrate the passing of another year, bringing us closer to inevitable death and that sweet, sweet release. How about you, Samantha? Oh my goodness. (laughs) I'm excited for the new year and all of the gifts it will bring. Literal gifts or figurative gifts? Figurative gifts. Blessings. What kind of blessings are you looking forward to? Just being with the ones that I love. So this episode, we're going to be doing a best of 2022. Um, Indy, what are we going to cover? I don't know. Oh. Um, books and <laughs> movies and uh, what are the other ones? Book, show, album, movie, and other. Okay, awesome. But it's not like best of things we've talked about. No. It's things that were released in 2022 that we have not talked about on yes. the podcast. There may be a little bit of overlap for me. Yeah, maybe for me as well. But I'm excited. Oh, definitely for me, actually, now that I think about it. Okay. But I'm excited to kind of cover some of this stuff and um, maybe give our listeners a sneak peek onto what we'll be doing in January. Oh, I'm excited. And also, I don't talk about new things very often at all. No, Indy's back in the 1950s. It depends. Okay. <laughs> 70s a lot of the time. 70s. Okay. Musically, the 70s. Yeah. I, I was thinking about books. Books, yeah. The 50s. Okay. Uh, so it's a big deal for Indy to tell us what he liked from 2022 <laughs> because it was slim pickings, I'm sure. Yeah. And I only have like one kind of cheat answer. Um, well, our first sponsor of the episode is the Well Endowed Podcast by the Edmonton Community Foundation. It's hosted and produced by Andrew Paul and Lisa Pruden and explores the impact of passionate people who are working to make Edmonton a strong, vibrant city to live in. The Edmonton Community Foundation helps people create endowment funds. The podcast tells the stories of those endowments and how they intersect with the community. You can subscribe wherever you're listening to our podcast or at thewellendowedpodcast.com. Okay, well, Indy, do you want to kick it off with your book? Oh, sure. So we'll get my cheat out of the way right off the beginning because, (laughs) like I was saying, I don't read a lot of new stuff, but I do read the YRCA selections every year. That is the Young Reader's Choice Awards. And I used to be on like a team organizing some of this stuff. I'm not anymore, but I still keep up with it because I still work in the library systems and mm-hmm. I like being able to recommend things to the uh, to the kids that I work with. So although this book did not come out in 2022, it is part of the 2022 YRCA selection, so you can still vote for it and it would win awards now, but it actually was published in 2020, and that is a book called Everything Sad is Untrue by Daniel Nairi. And this is the true memoir of Nairi's childhood. And because it is about him growing up and looking back on it, I think that it will appeal not just to the audience of people that age, Mm -hmm. which is, I think it's later elementary and into middle school, those kind of years. Okay. But I think it would appeal to adults because I really liked it because it is someone kind of reflecting back and it gives you a chance to do the same and reflect Mm -hmm. back on your own childhood. At least that's how it worked well for me. And it's his story a little bit about growing up in Iran and leaving as a refugee and then settling in Oklahoma. And mostly it's about adjusting to his life there. It concentrates on his American life, but he often tells his classmate stories about Iran. And the way they react to that is always a lot of fun. 
or maybe not a lot of fun. Sometimes it's straight up heartbreaking, actually. Mm. But I think that is where the story is at its most interesting, perhaps. It is like a, a really brutally honest memoir, and I liked that about it. It's not sugarcoating things for children. He's talking about things that like were miserable when he was a child, and he depicts it like that. It's oh, wow. not just a everything makes us stronger or it all works out in the end. Like, no, a lot of it, it's, it's sad. And I think he's able to capture really specific emotions, and it's not just showing you something new. Like, to me, all of these uh, challenges facing new refugees. That's something that I don't have any context mm-hmm. for. But because he is able to anchor things into real emotions, I feel like it's very effective and gives you insight into that. And for me, though, he also reminded me so much about what I had forgotten about my own childhood. Because mm-hmm. it reminds me of all of the things that you go through that are unique when you're growing up in a place where nobody looks like you. And a lot of them maybe I've repressed intentionally, but this brings a lot of it back. And in a, maybe in a cathartic way, though. So this is for what age group? I think the target audience is probably like right around 12 years old. Okay. It is a junior selection, which is kids younger than that as well. But emotionally, it's so more well-developed than a lot of stories that age. But I'm not saying that don't show it to younger kids. I'm saying that, yeah, younger kids know about these things. They Mm -hmm. go through these things. So maybe we should be showing them books like this more often. So I think younger kids can read it, but maybe right around that age. But I don't think you can be too old for it because I thought it was still very well written. And it's a story that doesn't um, exactly walk the line between heartbreaking tragedy and uplifting inspirational story it kind of shows you that those two things go together that one comes from the other so i think that one is definitely worth reading and what's it called again everything sad is untrue okay and if you like it you can vote for it in the yrca voting which is still going on when this comes out and also i just did an episode of Overdue Finds, the EPL <laughs> podcast about One of my favorite podcasts. About yeah, and it's about uh, year in review twenty twenty two. So I say a lot of the same stuff, <laughs> and you know me. I think maybe it's the old um, film actor in me that I do things exactly the same. So if I phrase something well once, it kind of sticks in my brain, and so oh. I might have said the exact same things. I'm not sure. Oh, see, I'm like the opposite of you. I have a hard time. I'll be. I'll like say something really good and like phrase it well. Yeah. And then can't. Do oh, it I can. hit my marks. That's one uh, thing I could do when I was an actor. I think I'd be a terrible stage or <laughs> film actor. Then. Yeah, you had to do things exactly the same. I'm bad at that. And I also I edit so much audio that mm-hmm. I'm good at saying things exactly the same, so it can be in multiple cuts. Cool. <laughs> so that is my uh, kind of a cheat pick. Uh, also, I could say Attack on Titan fin- finished up, so volume right. thirty four. But I think that also was published in 2021 in Japan, and we just kind of got things a little later. But maybe I'll do that as a pick of the week in the future. Sure. So, Samantha, you've read quite a few books that you talk about on here, and you read a lot of contemporary things. I do. I read a lot of stuff that came out in 2022. What's your pick of 2022? Well, um, if you are an avid listener of the podcast, you will have heard me talk about the Colleen Hoover book, It Ends With Us. Right. So the sequel came out this year. Oh, yeah, you were going to read. You talked about it a little bit on the podcast. Yeah, so um, It Starts With Us is the second book in this series. And I'm not sure if it's just two books or if there will be a third. Um, But book one kind of gives you uh, Lily's story as she's divorcing her husband, Ryle, who is abusive. Ryle? Ryle. R-Y-L-E. Oh, it bugged like me because Ryan it wasn't... and Kyle. Yeah. But it, to me, it sounded like like he's all riled up. I think it's a nickname. I think his name is actually Riley. But that's okay. Um, you know what? I'm that's not a thing to get stuck on. No, nope. so keep going. <laughs> anyway, it did bug me too because Ryle is not a name. Um, it's Kyle. <laughs> um, but. 
But uh, so they in the first book are in the midst of breaking up and Lily comes back into contact with a childhood friend named Atlas. And um, this uh, it ends with us is kind of the beginning of all of those stories. And so it starts with us is actually an Atlas's point of view. And you get um, Lily and Atlas's like childhood backstory which is really interesting because Atlas was homeless and he um, was basically taken in by Lily and um, like fed and clothed and she was in her teen years. So she was like very young to be doing this. Um, And so you kind of get the beginning of Atlas and Lily's love story as well as Lily trying to adjust to having a baby with someone that she is no longer married to. And um, I thought it was just a really well done book. So did you like this as much as the first one? I think so. Yeah. Okay. It's on par, not better. It's on par. Okay. I'd say it, it, it was what I expected from this book, I guess. And if you like the first one, that's a good thing. Yes. To have it be yeah. What you expect. It was what I expected. It was kind of what I wanted from a second book because there were so many things that just like weren't explained and they use um diary entries from lily's diary to kind of fill in some of that backstory okay which was kind of a neat way to do that without having atlas or lily have to like tell the whole story right you got to read um or listen to uh you got to read uh lily's diary excerpts which kind of put into context like what happened and the things that they kind of went through together and you listen to this one. Does it have multiple narrators? Yes. And are they good? They are good. Yeah. I really, really enjoyed um, the narration and um, yet there are two narrators. And um, I thought that the voice acting was really well done and not over the top. Because <laughs> sometimes when it's over the top, it kind of distracts from the story. So neutral, I think, is it sounds bad when I say that, but like neutral is kind of what you want for your You want in the middle. You yeah. want some emotion, but you don't want them trying to upstage the material. Exactly. Yeah. So it starts with us by Colleen Hoover is my 2022 book of the year. Whoa, book of the year. <laughs> it was something that was like so highly anticipated. Like I knew it was coming before I read the first book. So I was reading the first book with the second book in mind. So I was excited that I uh, was able to get it. All right. Well, why don't you go next? You can choose the category. Okay. Um, I'm going to go show. All right. What was your show of 2022? Um, so I feel like I watched a lot of shows that weren't from 2022. I did a full Tudor um, timeline s- network television kind of watch of the full Tudor timeline um, and all the stars shows uh, that I love that are kind of like a guilty pleasure. <laughs> And so none of those were released in 2022. So I chose The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window, which I think we talked about on the podcast. We did. Yeah. Refresh everyone's memory. Yeah. So this one, um, it stars Kristen Bell. It is kind of, um, it's a dark comedy. um, And it's based on all of those books of like mystery thrillers of like. Your Gone Girls. and Yeah. and like the woman, woman in the window, woman on the train. I, I can't remember all of them, but yeah. So it was kind of based on this like really popular genre of books. That's kind of all you get right now. And um, so I enjoyed this one. Um, it was really interesting. There were some twists, and um, I just thought it was like really well acted. I thought Kristen Bell was really good at being. Uh, this kind of mentally disturbed alcoholic who is experiencing all of this stuff alone in her house. And I'm not sure if you mentioned it, but it's kind of a, a it's a satirical humorous take on that, right? Yes. Yeah. So it is kind of, it takes cues from all of those kinds of books that are very, very serious and very dark and twisty and kind of thriller-ish. So uh, this was kind of a fun response to it. And there are some funny moments. And I think that it's um, kind of a nice watch if you enjoy that kind of book. 
And it's just one season, correct? It's just one season. And that's it? It's like a miniseries kind of? Uh, it is a miniseries. So I don't think that there will be anything else. And where can people watch it? It is a Netflix original. So go. I assume that you can get it everywhere on Netflix. So you can watch The Woman in the House Across the Street from the Girl in the Window, um, which the, even the title is kind of a conglomeration of multiple books titles. And uh, yeah, you can uh, let me know what you think of it if you liked it. Yeah, let us know your picks from yeah, 2022. I'm always interested for new materials to watch and listen to. And every now and then, it happens so rarely, but I kind of forget that people take us up on our recommendations because mm. Andrew was just posting about the Bright Eyes Christmas album. And I was like, oh, oh yeah, I forgot that people sometimes listen to us. <laughs> I do like that. and um, I love when people get yeah, back Yeah, my friend Kim is currently uh, she just finished all the step up movies and she had very strong opinions about what she thought of them. Oh that's fun that she talks to you about that because I just got a question it said why do they burn the things at the end of Citizen Kane and then I was like half asleep at the time so I responded though but half asleep I'm still yeah. pretty coherent so I said literally I think it's just because they didn't want to take the time and effort to go through cataloging and selling everything. But figuratively, I think it's symbolic about how <laughs> one man who tried to make material wealth his legacy, and that can't be a sustainable legacy, and all material wealth is ephemeral. <laughs> which I think might be correct, right? I, that sounds right. Yeah. Yeah. You're very coherent when you're half asleep. I think I'm more coherent. I'm always amazed whenever like we are both sleeping and we have to get up and do something really quickly. It's like... You're always like on it and I'm not. But it, it's a blessing as well as a curse because then if anything wakes me up, it's like it's five in the afternoon again and I have to work on going to sleep. Oh, and no. That is not easy for me. No, it is not. Okay, Indy, what's your show? My show? I think I only watched one show from 2022. <laughs> Maybe. There might be some other little ones that come and go on your Netflix and whatever. But one that stuck with me is The Rehearsal. Okay. And the rehearsal is a show from Nathan Fielder. So if you're familiar with Nathan for You, Which then- I think you talked about. No, not on this, but okay. I will. Because I, after watching the rehearsal, I started rewatching old Nathan for You's and they're very good. So I think you can only watch this on HBO or in Canada, I think Crave might have HBO things. Oh, okay. But that's where the show is from. And the premise of the show is- Silly. So it's just if you have something in your life that is difficult, you contact Nathan Fielder and he is going to allow you to rehearse what could potentially be an awkward social situation. So, for instance, one of the episodes is there is a man who has a group of friends, they all have PhDs, and they assumed he did, and he just went along with it. And he's like, uh -huh. I had to tell them that I, I have a bachelor's and I want to rehearse that. So that's not so crazy, mm -hmm. but he goes into crazy extents, of course. So he rebuilds the entire bar exactly how it is in a studio setting so oh. he can rehearse it. Right. And he hires an actor to go follow the woman around who he's going to be telling and learn about her so that actor can play the woman who's going to be told mm -hmm. and to make everything more realistic. And if you're familiar with Nathan for you... It's it's funny. It's a comedy. Well, it's a fine line. It all of his stuff starts out hilarious, and how far Nathan goes to do these things is really funny. But it always kind of comes back to the sadness of this man who is kind of incapable of connecting with humans in a normal way. There, there's also this simulation where someone gets to go through uh, sixteen years of parenting. Oh, and how intense and insane that is 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 remarkable, and it is gets to the heart of things way more than any sort of documentary filmmaking I've seen. Oh, and then there's one episode where Nathan, of course, has to tell these actors who are playing people like how to play this person, mm -hmm. and so he's teaching them like, get yeah, go to their work. Try to get an in, try to listen to them, try to learn who they are. Like, you have to be aggressive and do this. Oh. And then he's thinking like, wait, am I a good teacher? That guy wasn't listening to me. Mm -hmm. So, of course, in the vein of the show, he cre recreates the lesson he just taught, but he hires an actor to play himself. And now he plays 
the person, the actor who was listening to the lesson. Oh. And then he's thinking like, well, I don't really know. I'm not getting through to him. So I need to learn more about this actor that I am playing. So then he starts following the actor around and becomes that human. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, he's also teaching that actor to be this other person. So he says, like, you should live like that person. I got you a, uh, an apartment so you can live like them. And he's like, well, what's going to happen with my apartment? And then, of course, Nathan moves in there oh. to learn to be that actor, to be a better teacher to that actor. But that actor is now being a different person. So then Nathan has to go into a third house because he's now being an actor who is being taught by Nathan being played by an actor and needs to be playing this third real person. Oh, my God. And it's just these layers of insanity that really comes down to some really kind of sad and beautiful things in the end oh wow so the rehearsal if you can get into it it's worth your time mm -hmm. it is remarkable and it is not something that i can very easily tell you about because that little explanation i gave is is so convoluted and ridiculous mm -hmm. you need and that's like the tip of the iceberg it goes to so many other bizarre places after that yeah it seems like you have to watch it to really appreciate it i would say so yeah and the first episodes i think are like a nice ease in and then it starts getting so so bizarre <laughs> and over the top and kind of amazing so go check out nathan fielder's the rehearsal okay that's that's a fun idea for a show for sure and after I do my Nathan for you rewatch, maybe that'll be my thing of the week eventually. Okay, sounds good. I, I feel like I've seen a little bit of Nathan for you just because you've been watching it. And I think I tried to explain one episode to you and you were just like, oh, hey. <laughs> like, is that a joke? Is this <laughs> like w weird on purpose? Is this a game show? I don't know. Mm -hmm. And um, yes. 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 <laughs> I like when the answer is just, yes, all of that. <laughs> okay, well, Nathan, what is it called? The rehearsal. The rehearsal. <laughs> uh, so I think the next category that we should do is album. All right. Do you want me to go first or do you want to go first? Well, I think I know what yours is. Yeah. So you know what? We all know what yours is. Let's hear it. <laughs> okay, so to nobody's surprise, my album of the year is Midnights by Taylor Swift. Um, if you've been a listener of the podcast for a very long time, uh, you know that I love Taylor Swift. In 2021, I was in her 0.05% of listeners on Spotify. Um, unfortunately, I didn't get that title again because i was not at work listening to taylor swift every single day i think for this podcast you talk about taylor swift so little oh, relative really? to the space she has in your heart in your day-to-day -day life true because you mention her like every now and then yeah but in your life like what percentage of music that you listen to on your own is taylor swift so this year, 2022, um, I'd say probably like 50%. What? Oh, I've that's surprisingly a low. Because I've never, and this is not an exaggeration. In the last two years, yeah. I've never heard you listen to music that wasn't Taylor Swift. Oh. Huh. It must happen at some point. It but does. But whenever I hear your music, it's 100% been Taylor Swift. Okay. Well, yeah, that's probably true. <laughs> <laughs> um, so Midnight's is the 10th studio album, um, and it is uh, all original music by Taylor Swift. Um, it's the first album since Folklore and Evermore came out in 2020. Um, I think I talked about Folklore on the podcast. You did. Yes. Um, so this is definitely a different kind of album from Folklore and Evermore, um, which were a little bit more like low and vibey. Does that make sense? <laughs> it does. It they were more in my vein. Yes. Yeah. They, for modern music. More I liked folk, I liked folklore. A little bit more um like storytelling lyrical. Um whereas Midnights is inspired by Sleepless Nights, uh 13 Sleepless Nights throughout Taylor Swift's career. So she's had a uh, very long career for a female um, kind of poppy, popular music person. 
Um, so it contains almost like confessional type of lyrics. Um, of course, a big thing in Taylor Swift world is um, who she's dated and um, some of the like famous people that she's dated. Has she dated famous people? Yes. Does it come up in her music ever? No, never. So yes, so she has uh, written a few albums about uh, some of the men that she's dated and how they treated her. Um, and so this is kind of a little bit of an extension. Um, what I really like about this album is that the um, each track you can kind of see where in her discography it kind of comes from so she does kind of she actually literally samples some of her other songs in um kind of background vocals or uh like beats and stuff um so you get kind of the feeling of an era from like each song which is kind of neat so going through and listening to it for the first time, it was really cool to like go through and be like, okay, this one sounds like red. This one sounds like folklore. Oh, that's fun. It's almost like a retrospective in yeah, some ways. Yeah, um, because it's like throughout her career, she is she's writing songs about moments in her career where she was a sleepless night. And so, um, yeah, and you get a little bit in 1989. She samples some of 1989 in a few of the songs, which is kind of neat. And um, this one is a little bit more. I don't know. Would you call it electronic? I, I defer to you. Okay. I, I haven't put in the time on Taylor Swift. It's got like a lot of um, like synthesizers and um, different beats that we don't always hear from her in her music. So it was really cool um, to get to hear some new music from her um, since the last two things that we got were re-records, um, which I love because I love hearing her mature and to hear her cover some stuff from the beginning of her career has been really nice but didn't she she put out two in 2020 you said she put out two uh, and those were not re-records no oh so you expect like a, an album a year i, I guess <laughs> so it's just i don't have a, a concept of that like musicians i listen to are often like five six years between mm -hmm. albums yeah so is it she usually is like a an album a year kind of person yes whoa that is that's a lot of music yeah so she released um folklore and evermore in 2020 about two months apart two or three months apart and so it was like a big deal to have that much music and then she followed it up in 2021 early 2021 with um red taylor's version yeah right yeah <laughs> i'm learning i'm learning and then uh in late 2021 uh we got fearless taylor's version and then um it was almost a year before she even announced midnight's and so everyone was like, we've gotten all of this new music. We're really used to constantly having new Taylor music. And now there's been nothing and she's not talking about it. And she, the way she rolled out this album was really cool. Um, she did 13 episodes of this. It was on TikTok and Instagram um, called Midnight's Mayhem with Me, where she had like a, a vintage bingo number roller. You know what you're talking about? I do, yeah. Okay. And um, it had 13 track numbers in it. And so she'd pull them out and she'd say, like, track 13 is Lavender Haze. And then, like... That, Lavender Haze? Uh, that was one of the tracks, yes. Oh. Is it about weed? No, it's about being in love. With weed. <laughs> maybe, maybe. Um, so she went through and did that and that created a lot of... Um, like hype i guess mm -hmm. because she was she is from like i i clearly don't know like nearly as much as yes. you but from what i know she is very good at that she is incredibly good at hiding easter eggs and creating this kind of buzz um it was kind of an unusual album drop for her because she didn't release a single so we did not hear any music before release day at midnight so it was very um kind of exciting she made it really exciting which was fun and i thought um that it was like a really smart way to do it because people were buying the album having not heard anything off of it and people you know were like trying to get like the special copies and everything and she's one of the top selling artists who sells physical albums still which is a big deal and one of the things that she did was she made a she made four versions of the album and sold it as a clock 
So you buy all four versions of the same album. They're all different colors and they have different clock numbers on them. And then there's a clock mechanism that you can buy off of her store and it becomes a clock on the wall. <laughs> Is the audio different on them or they're nope. physically different? Oh. They're, the records are different colors. Mm-hmm. Um, like That's the- another thing she is good at yes. is marketing and making money. Yeah, Like sampling yourself so you don't have to pay anyone else. It's like, true. All, re-recording your own stuff, yeah. releasing it again so you get 100% of the royalties. Yeah. She's very good at she that. She's very good at that. But the way you're talking about all this reminds me of... Like when I was listening to more contemporary stuff when I was a teenager and when you're saying something like, oh, you just buy the album without knowing anything on it. And I was like, isn't that how all albums are? (laughs) Because that's how I always. I mean, so for Red. But I think that's just not the case with modern music. Modern music is not always released because I I, I am a CD person. That's where I came from. (laughs) And I still go to it because musicians I listen to, most of them aren't contemporary. So that's part of it. But it's weird when I listen to someone contemporary and I want an album and they're like, oh, it wasn't released like that. Right. And that is is bizarre to me. So this is very, um, I guess it's throwback. But to me, it seems normal. I like it. Yeah. See, I wasn't like a huge music person when I was younger. So like there were like popular bands that I liked that I would maybe get a CD of for Christmas, but I wasn't going out and spending all my money on CDs. Um, So it was kind of a fun way to do it mm-hmm. um so the hype around the surrounding or around the release of the album was really neat and um it was a lot of fun and i think uh she's a very very smart businesswoman. <laughs> definitely and i do love her doing all of this kind of like easter eggy type stuff so then whenever on an episode if you're like indy you're looking way too much into this and then i'll just say like, Think of it as a Taylor Swift album. And then you're like, oh, yeah, I can see all the connections <laughs> yeah, now. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, I like when artists put the intent in. Yeah. Like, they're putting in the work and they're thinking about it. I don't want something that is um, haphazard and slapped together. I want someone to do art with intent. Yes. Whether I agree with the merits or the intent, yeah. I want them to put that work in. And yeah. I appreciate that. Oh, she 100% it. does. She said uh, she released a music video for um, one of the songs off this album called Bejeweled. And it was so she did a she did an interview after and she said they had a PDF of all of the Easter eggs that were in this music video so that the filming team and the people in the video could make sure that they were hitting their marks and getting like all of the correct stuff in there. And it is so fun as a fan to get to go in then and like just know that it's like chock full of easter eggs and like pull everything out and i was texting some of my friends who are big taylor swift fans as well and just being like oh my god did you see this oh my god this is the next re-record oh my god this is what's coming next and like maybe this is when it is and you get to pull all of these cool things out and i like love that it's created this really nice community of people yeah, I haven't that's even... just how I see movies. I think we can like really see eye to eye on this. I think so. I yeah. think so. Um, I haven't even really talked about the music, but it was a big part of my year because she started releasing it um, in uh, like late summer. So, so uh, I'll drop in some music here. Which song is your favorite if you had to pick one? Um, so I think my favorite song off the album is Mastermind. Um, so Mastermind is kind of about. Um, meeting someone and knowing that they're like the one for you and really like putting in the work to make sure that it happens <laughs> that you guys get together um and it can kind of be uh also compared to her career of like i knew what i wanted and i went for it and it's been a lot of hard work to get there it's not just like i fell into this career and the touch of a hand lit the fuse of a chain reaction of counter moves to assess the equation of you checkmate i couldn't lose what if i told you none of it was accidental and the first night that you saw me nothing was gonna stop me i laid the groundwork and then just like clockwork the dominoes cascaded in a line what if i told you i'm a mastermind I think it's a really good one. It's cute. It's poppy. And uh, I could see dancing to this one. Um, One other thing I should mention is uh, on release day, three hours after releasing 
uh, the first 13 songs. She released seven more songs and uh, everyone stayed up until three in the morning to listen to them. And this is how you can tell Samantha loves Taylor Swift. I can't get her to stay up late for like literally anything. I've never been able to. <laughs> um, our wedding night, you stayed up late. Yeah. But as soon as we got into a hotel, you really wanted to crash. And I was like, no, free hotel rooms. <laughs> so you stayed up for a little bit yeah. with me, but not that long. Um, New Year's Eve, like 1230, maybe yeah. you'll you'll want to crash. Yeah. I often play hockey really late and we have things to do. It's like, oh, I'll come home and we can uh, hang out a bit then. We'll watch TV or something. And you're like, no, that's never going to happen. <laughs> But that day I was playing late and you said, I'm, I'm going to stay up. And I was like, oh, for me. And you're like, no, no, no. <laughs> Taylor Swift <laughs> album. And then I like showered and everything. And you still stayed up. You stayed up as late as I did. Yes. That's how you know you love Taylor Swift. It's true. I do. And it was just like such a fun day. <laughs> That's how it is after midnight all the time. You should try it more often. It's super fun after midnight. Oh, it time? really is. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's that's Indy's time to shine. Nice. I know, nighttime indie is the fun indie. Yeah, you've never met him. <laughs> Only a couple times. So, Indy, what is your album of the year? My first inclination was to go with the new Black Star album, No Fear of Time. And Black Star, their first album, was one of my favorite albums ever. Definitely my top 10 favorite hip hop albums, maybe just albums, period. Uh, that is uh, Most Deaf and Talib Kweli. But it's only available on the Luminary subscription service. Oh, boo. So, you know what? I'm just going to pick something else. And I'm going to go with something a little more obscure, or at least I think. And that's the album El Bueno y El Malo by Hermanos Gutierrez. Oh, okay. Is it in English? No, it's not in any language. Oh. So it came out this past October, and they are a two-piece band. They're two brothers, Alejandro and Esteban, and they're like a super simple setup. It's uh, one classic guitar, one lap steel, percussion, and that's it. No oh, okay. singing or anything like that. Oh, wow. One song, they have three guitarists, and that one is called, I think, Tres Hermanos, because there's a third brother, but it's uh -huh. not their brother. It's uh, Dan Auerbach. And Dan Auerbach produced this album. He's most famous from the Black Keys. He's a part of them, does their production. But he also produces just good guitar music from around the world. He uh, produced my favorite Bambino album, Nomad, mm. from quite a few years back. But that was my favorite Bambino. We love Bambino. And Dan Auerbach, I love his production for a lot of the stuff. So this album, and we'll play some in the background now because it can go in the background of everything. It takes a lot of influence from Ecuadorian music of the 40s and 50s, as well as like Western films of the 50s and 60s. Mm -hmm. So the title of the album, of course, means The Good and the Bad, which is probably a reference to the film The Good, the Bad, and the Ugly, because this is very reminiscent of the works of Ennio Morricone who uh, scored so many of those great spaghetti westerns and like a lot of those really iconic scores. Mm -hmm. So I love their music. It's really relaxed, but has a certain intensity despite that. I think this is perfect music for your next uh, haunting HBO show. Mm -hmm. If there's a scene where someone is uh, burying a body out yeah. in the desert in the middle of the night next to a bonfire, this I love, is the kind of music that should be playing. I love when you can hear something and be like, man, this would be on this kind of show. Yeah. Like you, you just really get that feeling. So go check it out. It's called El Bueno y El Malo, and it's by Hermanos Gutierrez. Awesome. Okay. All right, Sam, what do we have next? It's uh, movies, right? Yes. What is your movie of 2022? So I realized I don't watch a lot of movies by myself, <laughs> which is odd because I'll watch four episodes of television. This is the, the struggle. Yes. But You'll I always won't... be willing to exactly. watch five hours of TV, but it's like, can we just watch a movie? And you're like, ah, too much of a commitment. It seems like, yeah, <laughs> too hard. Um, so I watched this uh, with my stepdad who uh, broke his foot. So we had to have a low key kind of thing to do. So we watched Where the Crawdads Sing. I really enjoyed this one. It was a beautiful movie. Um, and uh, it's about a woman who raises herself in the marshes of the Deep South. And I believe it's South Carolina. Um, and then she becomes a suspect in the murder of someone who she was involved with. And a lot of it is kind of prejudice against her. Um, they call her the Marsh Girl. 
because she's kind of an outsider, even though she's just outside of the town. She kind of lives in this solitary world. And uh, it's kind of a story about the people uh, who help her along the way and who um, kind of are involved in her life, even though she lives a very solitary life. It was a slower movie, which I feel like it's more of an indie movie if it's a little bit slower. Um, And uh, it was just beautifully shot. I kind of, I remember the hype about it coming out Mm -hmm. because of the hype from the book. Mm -hmm. And then it came out and I just kind of didn't pay attention because I like, we haven't been going to theaters really. So that was part of it. So yeah, it's kind of fun to get reacquainted with these things on their second time through. Yes. And in true Samantha fashion, Taylor Swift wrote an original song for the score. So it's uh, very, very cool. And um, we'll listen to it at some point, I'm sure. But uh, I just thought it was such a a great addition to this movie. So that's Where the Crawdad Sings. It was released this year and it is two hours and five minutes. So Indy, what's your movie of the year? I think I've only seen two 2022 movies. I had really. a hard time with that. You do watch a lot of those like new Netflix releases. Yeah. Though, but you also watch them. Those are the only movies you'll watch on your own. And then I'll be like, oh, is it good? And you're like, yeah, not really. <laughs> you love consuming things you don't really like that yeah. much, which is an odd thing that I, I'll never quite understand. Yeah, I don't really understand it either. Because you say it's easier, but you don't like it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Which is kind of how like you like eat as well. <laughs> yeah. You're like, why are you eating that? You don't like that. It's not good for you. You're like, yeah, but it's here. <laughs> it's true. That's kind of that's, that's kind, kind of Netflix's business model as it's well. It's true. It it's, doesn't need to be good. It just needs to be it's there. Like mediocre things that are in your face. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's very very true. <laughs> I'm willing to put in the work. Yeah. You it are. takes me to an hour to cook dinner every day, but pretty good though. Yeah, you're a very good cook. So you already know what it's going to be. It is RRR. Yes. <laughs> it is um, the best movie I've seen in quite a few years. It came out this last year. I talk all about it in episode 174. It was my thing of the week. And in the next couple of months, I'll just, let's just do an episode sure, on it. Absolutely. Because we've both seen it. After, well, you haven't seen it all the way. True. You've I did, seen a lot of it. I had a shower in the middle yeah. of it. Still came back for the ending. But let's do a full episode on it. After we get to episode 200, mm-hmm. when we do our other year in the review, <laughs> year in review of the podcast, yes. um, I'll just start doing more fun things because I've been looking at preparing for that one. And I was like, oh, I haven't been doing a lot of fun movies. We've been doing work. <laughs> yeah. So I think I'm going to do one more, I lean into it work. and do more one more hard work episode. Okay. And then just be like, fun times. Okay. Real quick pitch. If you're not familiar with the world of RRR or Indian cinema, if I could put it into Hollywood terms, it's um, more over-the-top action than the last five Fast and Furious movies. It has better songs and dances than Chicago. It has the history aspect of Braveheart. It has better fight scenes than Infinity War. It has a more fun friend dynamic than Lethal Weapon. It has the twists of The Departed, and then you throw in the religious allegories of Superman. And you get halfway to what RRR is. It is <laughs> just amazing. It's so much fun. I think that's the word I want, would want to stress most. It is a fun movie. It is a spectacle. It's a roller coaster. It's all of that. <laughs> Go check it out. The Hindi dub is on Netflix now. Or if you know me, um, I can get you the original language one. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and then you should watch it because we're going to be talking about it pretty soon. I'm excited to watch the um hindi version is that what we've watched you've seen the hindi dub okay yes okay i want to see what's the original language tugaloo tugaloo i'm excited to watch that version yes i have it now so we can uh excellent we can watch that so that is it's not really much of a pitch because you've already seen it i think the other movie i saw in 2022 was everything everywhere all at once is that what it's called you know you know that one (laughs) And a real quick pitch for that, fantastic performances. And it has this like very big, grand, sometimes absurd plot. And it still managed to be grounded because of these great performances. Um, I think it's a lot of people's favorite movie of the year. If I had any detraction from it, uh, Daniels, the Daniels, the two guys named Daniel who Mm -hmm. directed it, I didn't love their direction on this one. And I was someone who liked their stuff that other people hated. But (laughs) I think they sometimes got lost in their own eccentricities and didn't allow some of the emotional beats to land enough. Mm. 
But that's a criticism of a movie that I thought was great. So go check that one out too. Nice. We got a two for one there. Yeah. Nice. Two halves. So our final category is other. And I think we left this one pretty like open. I have nothing. You have nothing? I can make something up. Okay. That's what I that's what I've been doing for okay. a lot of the time. Indy's very good at ad libbing, which I am not. I have notes in front of myself. <laughs> I had notes for some of this, but I also had a rehearsal run kind of because I recorded the EPL right, podcast where right. half of the stuff I said there. Are you hitting your marks? Oh man, I'm hitting them. <laughs> Although I did say on the EPL podcast, I talking about RRR, I said, I can't spoil this movie because how can you spoil a roller coaster? <laughs> and Caroline said like, oh, that was a good line. So I really should have said that in this uh, one too. But. Well, at least you got it in. Now, well, now I got it. Yeah, Perfect. Sure. So what is your um, other? Is that what we're calling Other it? of the year? <laughs> yeah, what's your other best thing of the year? Um, My other thing of the year is uh, getting to explore my indigenous heritage a little bit more. That is a very good other thing of the year. Mine is going to be, I don't know what it is, but it's going to be trite compared to that. <laughs> um, so this year I have um, been off work uh, with illness. And um, one thing that was kind of a bright spot for me was getting to have a little bit more time to kind of delve into my indigenous heritage and uh, get to learn a little bit more about uh, where I come from and uh, some of the things that my ancestors do and did um, for uh, different times of the year and uh, arts and crafts and stuff. I'm a pretty crafty person. So I've recently started beading um, and making some like indigenous kind of designs of earrings and that kind of thing. So it's been kind of a fun way to connect with my past. That's pretty awesome. And I think that's just good advice too. For people, sometimes if you didn't grow up in a certain culture, but you have links to it, it might be hard to find a way in. So finding mm-hmm. a way in, like for you, it's beading is a big part yeah. of it because it's touching on those things that you already have an interest in. Exactly. And then it gives you a good um, in to the culture yeah. and then you can expand from there. Yeah. And this is also kind of coming from a time where um, I've gotten to meet a lot of my uh, birth family in the last uh, couple years. And uh, this year I got to go down to Washington and meet some of our like biggest listeners in my family from Chelan, Washington. Oh, awesome. That's who's listening in yes. Washington. I thought I was hoping it was my family in Washington, but it's your family <laughs> it's in Washington. It's my family in Washington. So hi to everyone there. Hello. <laughs> Happy New Year's. Um, and, uh, yeah, so they, when we got to meet up, we drove over the border and met up with them, um, just on the other side of the border in Washington. And, uh, they were like, oh my God, we've listened to every single episode of your podcast. We love it. Wow. (laughs) Yeah. So I said, I'll give you guys a shout out. (laughs) Well, thanks for listening. And also we give shout outs to everyone. So if you just say like, hey, I listen all the time. I love it. Yeah, we'll talk yeah, about exactly. you. Exactly. Because <laughs> we don't have many fans. <laughs> you know what? Where we blew up this month? Massachusetts and Louisiana. Oh, weird. Yeah. So if uh, that's you, thanks. Thank you, guys. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, that's my, that's my other of the year. I think it was last Christmas, maybe, I got us both those... Uh, I can't remember which one. One of those ancestry DNA type yes, things. Yeah. And mine, uh, incredibly boring because it was <laughs> 100% of very specific region in Northwest India. And that's it. Yeah. And they said maybe 0.01% South Indian. <laughs> I was like, that's, that's how diverse <laughs> that makes sense. I am. Yeah. India's map was... is one color. Yeah. Mine, I'm a lot more multicultural than I thought. All over the place, over which the was place. a surprise for us. Yeah. So it was, that was a pretty cool thing to get. Mm-hmm. And also, if uh, any of your family members have committed murder now, maybe this will lead to their yes, arrest. Yes, exactly. People say that as a bad thing, but it's like, you know, if someone in my family has been murdering people, I'd maybe like, they should be found out. I'd like to get them off the streets. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Absolutely. It's more likely they're going to murder you. Yeah, exactly. People murder their family members most of all. Yes. True. So stay safe. That's why I have such a hard time sleeping. Get your DNA (laughs) checked and uh, stop murder. (laughs) Yeah, stop murder, everyone. (laughs) And this episode of I Love This You Should Too is brought to you by the Alberta Blue Cross. Even if you're a busy business owner with more meetings than hours in a day, you can be calm and collected when your group benefit plan is taken care of by Alberta Blue Cross. 
Your employees can manage their own health, dental, life, and disability coverage anytime on any device, making it easier for them and for you. To learn more and to explore your options, head to ab.bluecross.ca. Okay, well, that was our 2022, what did we call it? Year in review? Best You know what it should year? be called? What? Things of the year. <gasps> things of the year, because yeah. we do things of the week. Yeah. Okay, so that was our 2022 things of the year. And um, let us know what your things of the year were, if there's anything that we should be reading, watching, or listening to, or othering. And <laughs> <laughs> I'm othering means something else. Does it? Yeah. Oh, what does it mean? The proverbial other to other someone is to say to distance yourself because like we are us and they are them. They are the oh. other. They are the unknown, and therefore we dislike them. Okay. I know all about othering. <laughs> that's not what I meant. <laughs> Less othering. Do you have a uh, something you're most looking forward to a, for a 2023 release? I don't know. I think the next Taylor Swift re-record, right. which I think is going to be Speak Now. All right. You heard it here, folks. <laughs> Speak Now, coming out in 2023. If you watch the Bejeweled music video, you'll know it's Speak Now. All right. Yeah. Also, though, as much as I love Taylor Swift fans looking into everything, a lot of the time, way too far. It's like straight up conspiracy theory nonsense oh, a lot it, of the time. We have a, it's called clowning. And uh, you might have just gotten clowned. <laughs> Maybe. Well, now you're on the record. So we'll yeah, see if you're right. Yeah, it's fine. We'll see. I think mine is the sequel to Spider-Verse. Oh, yeah, that's Across right. Across the Spider-Verse, I think it's called. I'm A new trailer just came out. I'm not watching anything because I'm going to go see it. My friend Kristen in Vancouver, uh, she and her partner watched Spider-Verse, and she sent me a very nice message about our episode. So. Oh, nice. I love that episode. It is our longest episode ever. Oh, by far. It's just about two hours. Oh, my goodness. I went off on Spider-Man. <laughs> I love that movie. It was great. Um, Kristen said she cried at the end. When I was like, <laughs> yeah. I was getting a little. Yeah. All I right, can Kristen. We love you. We You're love the you, best. Kristen. Kristen was my first order from my business as well. So oh. we love Kristen in yeah. this household. Big and fan. Lauren and her partner, Lauren. But we love both of you. Thank yeah. you. But especially Kristen, right? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, I actually met Kristen in a Taylor Swift Facebook group. Oh. <laughs> yeah. Wow. Full circle. Full circle. She's the one I talked to about Taylor Swift so that you don't get really annoyed with me <laughs> i'll listen i just i just don't have the insight it's a kind of a one-way conversation like it if is. i were to talk to you about the miami dolphins it's gotten a little bit like that yeah, okay where you're just like yeah what are you gonna do jalen waddle man jalen waddle and cheetah teal and orange <laughs> so that's my comeback <laughs> Okay, everyone. Well, we will see you in 2023 when uh, we start our year with my pick for uh, the week after. <laughs> I think people know what that means. Okay, great. I assume so. If you listen, I just want to know now. What, what's your movie? My movie is going to be. Is it, well, you just didn't know. You're not supposed to say it. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> I'm bad at those. <laughs> but also now that you... Well, I'm not going to say anything more. You know what I might do? Mm. I might bleep it. Okay. Because <laughs> I was going to complain about something else, but that would give it away. Oh, yeah. Okay. That makes sense. <laughs> Sorry. I can't believe you told me. I'm very good. I like it. I'm very gullible. <laughs> no, that's good. I wanted to know. Okay, great. Cool. I look forward to hearing about it for the first time next week. Next week. <laughs> All right. Happy New Year, everyone. Happy New Year, everyone. What's your Happy New Year sound? You can't do ho 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 anymore. Uh, the sound effect for New Year's is just like a champagne cork popping. That makes sense. So it's like. Good job. <laughs> Thanks. All right. Bye, everyone. <laughs> Bye. Bye.